Hello and welcome to the 4D Human Being Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with life, leadership and love. We're here to help you gain insights and practical tools on human psychology and human behavior so that you can really get back to choice and expand your options on how you show up and how you live your life. The 4D is your fourth dimension, and that's all about your intention, your choice, taking back control so that you are happening to the world rather than the world simply happening to you. So whether it's your career, conflict, communication or collaboration, we've got some fabulous interviews with great experts and of course our own 4D life hacks and chats on anything and everything that helps us be the 4D human being that we know we can be. So if you're looking to improve your impact at work, your relationships, your well-being, whether it's family relationships, friends or how we simply make the best of our lives, This is all about getting back to choice, taking control and getting intentional, taking you from a 3D human doing to a 4D human being. Do enjoy. damn it it's unbelievable it's literally unbelievable (laughs) so hello philippa hello penelope we've had a very good day so we've had we've had an in-person meeting in person in-house we're back literally in your house uh, literally in my house face to face face to face this is this is the way it's going to go now in the groove yes which is a good (laughs) super segue They're getting earlier and earlier. Mm -hmm. So we are talking today as part of our look at hybrid working and how creative we are as leaders and human beings. We are looking at how we can better integrate our work and home lives. And most importantly, how we can really recognize some of those amazing skills that we have in our personal lives and use them, transfer them, leverage them in our work lives. And vice versa. (laughs) And And right right back into the house. Because it's true, isn't it? Because some people... No names mentioned. <laughs> There's literally only two of us here. I love sentences that start with some people. They're, yeah. not, they're not often based in well, science or it's, fact. It's the same as, I don't want to offend you, but, but with all due respect. Yeah, with all due respect. I wouldn't normally say this. I'm not one to gossip. Yeah. Any of this, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> I have met a few people yes. in my time yes. who can be very, very organised around... Data, information, paperwork, admin, money, numbers at work. Yes, that's me. <laughs> and I didn't, and I did not say that. No, you no. Actually, you're you're very organised with money um, in your personal life. But but I've definitely known people that I've been really surprised. Yes, that in their personal life they have a very different way yeah. of holding kind of budgets or dealing with money. Yeah. That my expectation would be, but you have all those skills at work. That's but, right. But maybe there's a sort of release in the home life. But anyway, the point being, the point I'm being, I'm not sure there's a release in my home life. No, no. Well, I think people might relate to that. But the point being, what we're interested in at the moment is we've talked for so many years about work-life balance, and we're starting to talk a lot more about work-life integration, and not in a way of 
overloading ourselves so that we're doing 20 things at once. No. But actually, so doing, doing yoga while we're holding a conference call. Exactly. Yeah. While sort of brushing your teeth and doing some coloring with yeah. the kids. But actually, so that it feels less like we're kind of shifting from one thing to the other. And now I'm in this role. Now I'm in this role. But yeah. actually, that more integrated sense of self that it can be more fluid and in flow with different aspects of your life. Exactly. To exactly. You. So, I mean, there, there is a truth, as we know in systems and teams work, that it's likely possible that you will show up differently in your work and home environment. And part of that may, some people do make a conscious choice around that. They do actually decide to bring a certain part of their persona to work and another part at home. But very often it can be more to do with either an unconscious pattern that we're in. And of course, if we have certain people in the system, in our home life or in our work life, that for example, are highly <laughs> <What's coming? laughs> highly organised or yeah, yeah. people who hate opening brown envelopes, yeah, no, names mentioned, no names mentioned, then we are much more likely to fill that vacuum yes. that exists. So we will morph and adapt to what the system needs. Yeah, to so, compensate. Yeah, so there is a truth to that. So it may well be that you have certain skills, strengths, behaviours in your home life that you don't bring to work because you don't feel you need to or somebody else is fulfilling that role. Or you don't want to. Or you don't want to. And, but, there is also the fact to point out that you have those skills. It's very likely you have them and you're not using them. Now, that may be fine, but there are probably situations, yeah. opportunities where you could bring those skills where, in. Exactly, where it's more about habit and pattern. I mean, if I think about some really obvious... You can definitely open a brown envelope if you had to. Oh, and, and do. And, <laughs> no, yeah, and before you, you do. before you join 4D, you know, the, I did many of the yeah, things that I don't have to do right, now. And that's about the compensation in the system, right. isn't You're it? You're very happy about that. Very happy about those Excel spreadsheets <laughs> getting passed over. But there are skills. And I, and I feel like I've seen this a lot over the years of coaching and training where... For example, I've seen people who are really good influencers at home. Yeah. I can really get a whole system of people, be that sort of in-laws, siblings, children, nieces, nephews, whatever it is, dogs, organized and motivated, if you like, around something. Yeah. But wouldn't necessarily call themselves really good influencers yeah. at work. I see it with confidence. Yeah. So it could be the other way around or it could be you know, at home, you're really confident in that environment, but suddenly you're in a boardroom or you're with yeah. hierarchy. And I see it with playfulness. And that's one of the big ones is that I suddenly, you know, when you suddenly catch sight of a bit of silliness or playfulness. Yeah. Oh, uh, hang on a minute. I I There's something see. different going I on know. here that you don't bring in every day. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think one of the big ones for me, and we'll go through some of these. I think one of the one of the big ones for me is I have a really good understanding of my children, my which and you, which are my sort of core home life. But I also have a really good understanding of my clients and colleagues and people mm-hmm. I work with. I'm probably much more likely to adapt and be more flexible very quickly in my home life, just knowing systemically what's going to work quite quickly, how needs are going to be satisfied and how the balance and the calm is going to be maintained. It's more likely I set different expectations on professional people and and Mm -hmm. colleagues thinking that perhaps they should adapt, whereas I'm Mm. I'm much more likely to adapt more quickly in my home system. So that's an interesting one for people to think about, is in which environments do you expect people to behave in a certain way, colour in the lines, rather than outside the lines? What was that? Duck on a universe, universe on a duck. (laughs) And, uh, and, and, And vice versa, because actually some of that 
releasing of expectation yes. in the other environment might actually be really useful to experiment with. Yes. And it's it's about strengths-based. And we have clients who obviously have work in very sort of strengths-based culture. But it's much more likely if I think about, for example, my kids, it's much more likely that I will encourage, let's say the youngest Stella, I'll encourage her to spend time designing or drawing or doing something quite creative and she's actually really good on yeah. social media I mean she's got oh an god. amazing number she's of she's such an influencer oh my god she's 10 but it's it's unlikely I would sit her down and say now that's all really good that you've got those skills but where you're, you're yeah you need to develop area of sport yes. so we need to get you into a football club and she'd look at me like I was completely yeah. insane so the feedback <laughs> I love that yeah. so much the feedback and development that you would naturally work from strength yes with her and really celebrate that yeah but actually, well, she is a particular case, but I'm not sure you'd get anywhere by drawing the line on you've got to, you know, you've got to join a sports Yeah, team. or tidy your room in this way or whatever it is, or, you know, get off your iPad. But I wouldn't think about it, not not because I feel it will cause me conflict and cause me difficulty with her. It's just, it's just not who she is. And she's so brilliant at other things. So this really brings me right to the core of the 4D work around intention yes. and where you're coming from in relationship to people, in yeah. relationship to the environment, in relationship to task, that when you think about, oh, it's making me think of Billy, it's making me think of my dog, yeah. that I have such a symbiotic yeah, relationship really with him. Do. Like we really know each other. Well, you know, he's a dog, but actually, we, you know, relationship is relationship. And you can, if you have that attention and that focus and yeah. that care around somebody, you can work out what's the best yeah, way that right. we work together. That's right. That means that you're having the optimum time and we're both getting the best out of each other. And because we're coming from a place of love, and I'm going to use the L word, oh, there, yes. because we're coming from that place at home. We are approaching it from a very different place in terms of expectation versus interest and willing and joy at what actually yeah. what unfolds as opposed to what we think should unfold. That's right. And I mean, I'm not saying that's always the way with no. with parenting or, you know, families, but it's an interesting one to think about. Absolutely. And of course, it's not always the way with leadership. I mean, very often leaders will absolutely work from, from a place of strength. And I do hear quite often, and I know myself from being in corporate days, you know, they're can be quite a lot of grumbling or perhaps developmental feedback, let's call it, that somebody in the team is, let's say, you know, in inverted commas, not quite pulling their weight because they're not doing as much data input as the next person mm-hmm. or they, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not building relationships. I, so definitely, they don't I would as well definitely as, get developmental feedback would, in that you team. You definitely <laughs> get feedback on your data input, Phil. And whilst, of course, developmental feedback is incredibly important as we want to expand and grow and, uh, you know, cl- climb the ladder of, of leadership, it's just perhaps a difference in terms of how often you would hear conversations like that in a work environment as a, as a leader in a team versus perhaps how often you would say those kind of things amongst your friends and your family. So it's just, it just strikes me, mm. A, do we need to necessarily develop all of those areas in our team members? Can we focus on their strengths? And B, what's the language that we're using yeah. in order to encourage people to develop those areas versus what we might use at home? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I would hate for your girls to grow up feeling not good enough. I thought you were going to say not good at data entry. No, no, not bothered about that. No, not worried. I mean, it's great if they are good at it, but no, it doesn't keep me awake at night. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I would hate them to feel not good enough. And yeah. I would want to talk to them in a way that steers them down a path of definitely feeling not just good enough, but more than yes. good enough. And that's very different from willing them to feel a certain 
box a yeah. certain expectation yeah. um, of who they should be. Uh, yeah, and also willing them to have an incredibly extensive and broad range of talents and strengths. Yeah. Like, let's see where their areas of focus are and let's focus on them yeah. rather than, well, okay, you're good at art and you're good at beauty games, <laughs> but you're really, you're really not yeah. very good at math. So let's, you know. And also to be surprised, to leave enough space that you leave the creative space. Yeah. To, and that's a risk as a leader, you yeah. know, when you're kind of more command and control, when the chips are down or when the pressure's on or when there's a lot of change happening. The temptation to squeeze in on those yeah behaviors, those expectations is really high. But of course, that is actually the time. <sighs> Take a deep breath and leave some Step space and allow. And allow, see what happens, yeah. see what see what else fills the space. Yeah. And I guess the, the second thing that, that builds on from that that struck me was similarly, it's again, it come, does come down to our intentionality. Perhaps, and again, this is not always the case, but perhaps we are better at reading between the lines in our personal lives Perhaps particularly as parents and partners of people, we have learnt what's between the lines of what people say. Do we use that skill that we all have as human beings, you know, particularly when we've got those kind of nurturing relationships? Do we use those skills in the workplace? Do we listen hard enough to what's not being said? I think there's something so interesting here. And I'm going to, this is a massive sweeping generalisation. <laughs> but of course, the problem with reading between the lines is you might be making stuff up. So yeah, yeah but and when I've ta- when I've spoken particularly to long-term therapy clients who know their partners and loved ones very well, they as we can all often predict the behavior. Like I know what they're going to respond to that and 9 times out of 10 they do. So we so we know our loved ones very well. I wonder if at work, yes, reading between the lines might be useful, but I wonder if we also need, because we're coming at it maybe from a place of love in our personal lives, I think the danger with reading between the lines in our work life is that we don't come from a positive place and we insert here different, ne- assumptions. different assumptions about what's going on. I agree with you. I think there's absolutely a skill to transfer there and we need to be super conscious again about where that's coming from. Actually, what's underneath the avoiding behavior or pushback or difficult behavior? Yeah. We probably give our loved ones the benefit of the doubt and go, oh, they're a bit edgy, they're a bit nervous yeah. rather than incompetent. So I think you're absolutely right. It ju- it's just that we might need to mine down a layer to some of those more core emotions. Yeah. No, that, that, that is true. And again, it, it comes back to intention, the core of the 42C yeah. model. It's always there. Another one that I was really curious about was around our adaptability. Now, if I think about this, particularly during lockdown, uh, and any of you who've done any homeschooling will understand this, I definitely feel over the past year and a half that I've been much more aware of how adaptable I can be as a parent should I choose to. Now, I like things done in a certain flexible, way. Flexible, Penny. You're saying you're flexible. 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 <laughs> I think I've definitely become more flexible. And I, I was, you know, pretty nerdy at school, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that prior to lockdown, I was pretty keen on my kids getting all their homework done and doing it in a good way to a good standard, et cetera, et cetera. And certainly one of the lessons throughout the last year and a half has been adapting in order to make sure that everybody is okay. Yeah. Well-being is maintained, uh, which has been incredibly important and kind of letting go of some stuff and, and adapting. And I would also translate that into holidays as well has taught me that lesson. So I think if I think about work, 
in terms of a work context, if I've got a goal in mind, something needs to be done, needs to be done in a certain way, I'm, I'm likely to follow it through and try and make sure that mm-hmm. my colleagues follow that through as well. If I'm on holiday with my kids mm-hmm. and one starts complaining that they don't want to do a certain activity, I've learned very quickly we pull back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we adjust, yeah. we replan, yeah. whether that's a different time or different act. Like just automatically that's what's going to happen now. It's not going to be where you have to do it. Yeah. Because I've understood the consequences of that are no joy for anybody. No joy for anybody. <laughs> and actually, you know, you just do not get the best out of <laughs> no. people. You know, there's been so much written about this over the past year and a half, two years, around reprioritizing and adapting to you know, becoming a teacher at home, everything having to remain on the same schedule, all kind of achievements having to go to the same timeline about really letting some of that go. And that's easier for some people than others, particularly if you're a parent or a relative who holds highly discipline or, you know, routine or achievement. But loads has been written about that. And it's hugely, hugely relevant because we're just now starting to see articles about leadership, really giving the evidence around the shift from results and achievement to care and well-being. And not just from a kind of soft space of, oh, we've all got to tree hug, but actually that is how you're going that. And I love trees, but, but that is genuine, really now understanding that is genuinely how you're going to A, get the best out of your people and B, have them in for the long term. Yeah. Like we've just had way too much burnout. And there was an article, wasn't there, in Forbes the other day about really leaders now really needing, not only leaders needing to understand that shift that you'd look at your family and your absolute priority yeah. would be their physical and mental health. Yeah. And really putting that now in the workplace. We've been talking about this for so long, but now it feels like it's really hitting the yep. mainstream. And, and this is the, one of the most important pieces for organizations to not just talk that and keep rewarding the stick driven results, yeah. but to start rewarding leadership totally. that does that. Totally. And just thinking about how we might operate in our personal lives or with our families, exactly as you've said, it's likely that we will automatically prioritize people's safety, well-being, health, et cetera, et cetera, without really having to think about it too much. So it's not that we can't do That's it. Right. It's the transferring. It's exactly, it's just the transferring. And it's just, it's understanding that we're very likely to be on different autopilot systems, depending on the context in which we find ourselves. But it's not that we can't transfer that autopilot yeah. system to another context. Yeah. It makes me think of things like hosting or being a good guest. Love being a good guest. Oh, you, you are a guest. I like being I a guest. Know. But it's interesting because I host so much. It's interesting, <laughs> it's isn't it? You do host so I much in the workplace. We've really been thinking about that as we've been talking, thinking about all those skills or preferences that we might yeah. have in one area of life. And maybe like you said at the beginning, maybe that's fine because if you do so much of that that's right. at work, maybe you don't want to do that. But if you look at it, you can just pull back and go, it's not that I don't have that skill. It's about making it a choice as opposed to a deficiency yeah. that we that we do have those skills. You know, if you host in your house or you're quite good at getting people organized around going to the pub or for a meal, or if you're good at creating really nice environments, like all of these skills that you may not even think about you might have a beautiful home and you don't think about that as a skill that's right you transfer that that's right into your office space you're you know we know how much environment impacts people's performance and well-being yeah so yeah sort of leading off of that I think very often when I'm talking to coaching clients there can be a frustration with 
the system, the culture, you know, what's going on in the wider organization, feeling disempowered, et cetera, et cetera. And whilst, of course, there is a truth to that, I mean, organizations are complex, times are tough. And if you think about how you might operate in your home life, again, perhaps thinking about if you have, you know, if you have siblings or you have elderly parents or you have kids or even if you have pets, or whatever it might be, you are probably already really, really good at reading a system and managing a mm-hmm. system rather than thinking about just yourself as an individual or the individuals that you surround yourself with. You will be managing, you know, think about that helicopter view. You'll be managing where is everybody? How is everybody? What do they all need? You have those skills. And we talk a lot about systems leadership. It's the next wave of leadership. It's the skill set that we all need to be moving into. And we have frustrations very often with, with leadership and being in a, in, in a system because we don't use those skills in the workplace, but we use them at home. I think this is so, so relevant that if you think about your home life, and even if you're on your own and you're simply managing your neighbours and where the post goes and like you say, is the lift fixed or whatever it is in your system, it's a system. It's a system. You're at the head of your mini system, if you like. Now, what you might do, what I would certainly do, is you might pull in experts in plumbing or sure. whatever you need to keep your system going, but you are a systems leader. Now, what happens happens when we go into work what are we giving over in terms of our power when we go oh I don't know it's them I'm on the periphery of of, of their system I'm on the periphery of their system or they need to do it or what are they doing to make things better rather than putting ourselves back at the center of a system and thinking of it like bringing in the plumber or the or the you know the person who's going to hang our pictures or whatever it is that you have that you're at the center I think thinking about networks rather than thinking about yourself as a little tiny cog in a massive organization, do what you do at home. Yeah, put, put, yourself, your, put yeah. yourself at the heart of the hearth. What does that like system need from you? What does that system need yeah. from you? What can you offer that yeah. system to make that, certainly that initial closest part of your system operate in a better way or be more fluid or have qualities that you want to see in it? If you want to have a certain experience at work, what are you putting into that part totally. of the system? As opposed to feeling like I'm sort of irrelevant or I don't have any... We were talking about this, weren't we, in terms of communities. Like we can look at the world and feel angst-ridden about the state of politics or unfairness and inequality. But actually, as we were talking about this morning in our in-house, in-person, <laughs> in, the, in your face... Which we've really enjoyed. ...is what are you doing in your street? Yeah. You know, that we can be a systems leader in our home, in our street, in our team. Yeah. It's so available to us if we put ourselves totally. in a different position. Totally. There's one other thing that I'll just mention briefly before I go on to my final point. So the other one is just about being in the moment, which again... We may or may not be good at that in our personal lives and our work life, but just think about when you're in the moment. Sometimes we we just have to be present and in the moment with whatever's hitting us in our home life. Can we transfer that into mm. our work life despite the pressures? But my final point is perhaps a couple of things that maybe we are not brilliant at introducing either in our personal life or in our work life. And these two things for me are delegation and me time. Mm. So I wonder how good we are at both delegating in the workplace to make sure that we are adding the maximum value that we can and not spending our time on things that other people can do. And is that the same in our home life? So Mm. homework is a good example. Can somebody else spend time with my kids doing their homework, which is going to be more (laughs) valuable and fun for them? 
So delegation is definitely one. And then me time as well. Do we give ourselves me time at home or at work? I think those are two absolutely brilliant things in wow, terms thank of, you so thank much. you so much. In, but in terms of work life integration and in terms of avoiding burnout is if you put yourself at the center of your system, you need some breathing space yeah. there. And like you say, secondly, don't hold the whole thing up. I think sometimes people can feel like the central pillar to a house that if you pull out, the whole thing will come yeah. crashing down. And actually, what can you do? What can you do? And that's not a good thing, by the way. That's not something to aim for. No, exactly. <laughs> but I think, you know, it, but it, it's interesting, isn't it? I think we can perpetuate behaviours, but we get caught in patterns that we, because we do those things, we keep doing them more and more. And then yeah. the system relies on you doing them. Yeah. And we feel like we can't delegate because no one else is, is doing it. So we're absolutely that's caught right. in that loop. But actually, that's a really good risk to take as a in your home life and as a leader is pull back, take a breath. What might happen? See what happens. I take know. the risk. Take the risk that, you know, someone draws outside the lines on the, you know, and the, take a risk or, that there's or, a universal or, attack. I, it's not very risky to assume that my children's beds won't get laid and the rooms won't get tidy, but I might just pull back from it. See what happens. Close the door. <laughs> Find a workaround. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the 4D Human Being Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do tell your friends and colleagues. For more information on our programs, our on-demand courses, and to sign up to our monthly newsletter, do check us out at 4dhumanbeing.com. Until the next time.